Hey everybody, welcome to Good Question. This is a show where you pick the topics and then we have a conversation about it. Before I introduce my panel, I know like, who are they? What are they doing here? Uh, we have a couple of quick announcements. First of all, like and subscribe mm. if you've been enjoying this channel. This allows our channel to push out into YouTube and continue to exist. Also, this Sunday, I'm gonna be in Los Angeles. A couple of other Swedenborg mm -hmm. Foundation people there too. Check the link in the description if you want to come hang out with us. We'll be there. It should be a fun way to connect to you, the audience, even more. But now back to connecting with you through questions right now. Okay, here's the panel uh, versus me. My name is Curtis and I'm the host of Swedenborg in Life. Then we have Cara Dom, Latin consultant for the New Century Edition. To her left, Dr. Jonathan Rose, who is a series editor of the New Century Edition. And then to his left, we have <laughs> Chelsea Odner, writer for Swedenborg in Life. Can't say enough how great it is for you having you all here so thank you so much pleasure uh so what we're going to do together is talk about whatever you guys mm. ask us to talk about so let's see what is our very first good question mm. today mm. bonnie bowers asks what happens if you want to see someone in the afterlife when you're there oh. and they don't want to see you so mm. in case somebody you you were just tuning in and didn't know what this show is yeah this is the kind of thing we talk about here <laughs> and so here we have a situation where swedenborg sets out this principle saying that thought brings presence in the afterlife it, the distance is only an appearance really the internal states can bring you closer and farther so he describes things like it's so great when you want to see someone you can be right there but here we have this question of okay i i can see somebody wants to like on my spiritual phone i guess i'm getting a notification this person wants to be present with me but i don't want to talk to them and i knew them in high school they were weird so what happens then so does anybody have any uh, thoughts on that i you can start us off. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, one thing is that um, in specific about um, couples, Swedenborg says that couples get together. And he makes this odd statement that sometimes mm -hmm. one person separates from the other, you know, if they're somewhat incompatible spiritually or something sure. after they've, they've been, been together for a while. Yeah. Yes, right. And after they've been together for a while exploring the relationship right. and they find out that they're somewhat incompatible, then one will separate from the other or the other will separate from the first person or they separate <laughs> mutually. And I don't know how you tell oh, the, the difference. But, but um, so there are certain things that suggest that even if like there was a crime committed or something like that, it yeah. seems like there's a certain importance in working things out in a kind of a safe environment. I mean, there's angels around and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And so it may have to be that someone sees someone else, but it's under kind of a controlled environment. But if the heart and the mind is really facing in a different direction, Swedenborg says that even sometimes in mid-conversation, it might happen to you watching right. the show, uh, that you just disappear, you know, like one, one person will just disappear because their mind and their heart is, yeah. is somewhere else. Let's look you at know. our viewer metrics to see if anyone <laughs> yeah. yeah, did that happen? There's a big, big drop-off yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah, I would think it would be about usefulness. Like if it was there's some usefulness in mm -hmm. the two getting together, even though one of them didn't think they wanted to. Right. It would happen anyway if there was some something important to be accomplished by it. That's a good point. But right. I never thought about this. Yeah. That's a good it's question. A good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's probably one of the show. not by extension um, pointless suffering or so. You know, like yeah. I don't think the other world is about pointless suffering. Right. Certainly, uh, Swedenborg has a very vivid description of people who meet in the afterlife, one having killed the other one. That's and right. The one who committed the murder, you know, saying, I didn't do anything. And then the very person they killed is like, in one dramatic account, he says, look, what, what did you do to me? And so at that point, yeah, that you can see how somebody's got to meet the person, even if they didn't want to see it. And, and so, some, you know, that can cause yeah. a rift in a relationship. <laughs> the one yes. time, remember when you killed me? <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess to throw a thought in, just that, uh, yeah, it reminds me of like reconciliation or, you know, you think like... Um, it seems like that sort of mediation and reconciliation seems like a sort of heavenly work that we that people do in our world nowadays that I don't think has been long around or something necessarily in a very enlightened way. I don't know. I'm making huge judgments on centuries that I'm not familiar with. No but um, but just that uh, like that like what Cara was saying of like you not wanting to. Well, there's there might be a value to it or something. And the angels are going to, or, you know, the support systems that you have are going to lead you through that carefully. 
Yeah, that makes me think of you know Swedenborg asserting over and over that sort of the intention is everything in a deed like that. And um, I know that my mom and grandmother were recently watching. There's some show out. I don't even remember the name of it, but it's all about those kind of reconciliations mm-hmm. that you were like mentioning. Uh-huh. There where it was yeah. like somebody who had shot a police officer, but the police officer didn't die. And like 15 years later, they were going to meet and, and and talk it out. And yeah. and they both, you know, people watching the show said it was really moving. So if we're getting to that point on earth, right? You yeah. think yeah. it's got to be there spiritual world that there's some good reason to meet but then on the other hand you know i'm sure that Swedenborg talks about all kinds of people who are immersed in hellish mindset like wanting to if i could just get in with the angels i would mess sure. them up in this way but they don't get to move they theirs. don't get to just do that right so there's some very complex yes. system right there. regulated yeah and it strikes me it's a little heartbreaking but in relationships often one person it's it may be rare that two people want the relationship exactly the same amount. Right. You know what I mean? Like, or sometimes there's kind of a, a a pursuit, and then the pursuit goes the other way, or something. You know, mm-hmm. and I imagine all that becomes clear in that honest world where you can really see what your own heart and feelings are. You know, what's drawing you to the person, or or making you not want to interact with them, and what's going on with them, and all that. So I think all that kind of thing comes to light yeah this but dub- there's a yeah. nice kind of the spiritual world is g- great compared to this world in the sense that you really end up with people you love and feel extremely comfortable with um not so bad yeah it goes along with the usefulness thing but that was just reminding me of th- this phrase um in heaven and hell i think where he says like is drawn towards like not but they not by their own will but by the lord so, and that, mm. that was what I was just thinking about was like, I don't even know what I want half the time, right. you know, mm. like I'm not wise to my own, you know, I can do doing the best I can or whatever. But, um, so just having that trust in God, that's, you live in that environment in a way that we aren't necessarily as tuned into here. So, yeah. but knowing that that's right. the way the Lord is organizing it. Great. Yes. Okay, cool. That's a good, good question. question, Bonnie. Way to start it off strong. Uh, it's only up from here. Let's see the next good question. Kendall M. asks, Kendall. according to Swedenborg, where did Jesus go during the three days between his crucifixion and resurrection? Mm. This. Okay, so hey, we're going from talking about spiritual world mechanics to the explanation of Christian theology. We're starting to hit all our major Swedenborg points here. So this is... That's a, right. This is, and the cool thing is, like, Swedenborg's explanations for these kinds of things, I find, extend way beyond people who are just interested in Christian mm-hmm, theology. Mm-hmm. These are often at the root of existence. What's this one? Where, what's Jesus doing? He, he, yeah, why, why don't you just resurrect right away? Why, why have those three days where there was so much tension and anxiety in the people that, that he cared about? Is it symbolic? What, what's it all about? Mm. Jonathan, let's start with you on this Okay, one. all right. You're, I see you writing something. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm you thought of to. something. I I have no idea. Did I leave the no. oven on? <laughs> <laughs> Did I leave the oven on? <laughs> <laughs> Note to sell. Um, uh, Swedenborg doesn't talk expressly, as far as I know, about those three days, but there's a lot of stuff, of quite a bit of stuff in, in the Bible about the idea. There's some statement in the epistles that uh, Jesus didn't just ascend, but he also descended and set the captives free mm-hmm. kind of thing, the harrowing of hell, they call it sometimes, that they, he released people, and there's prophecies in the Old Testament that sound like that's going to happen. And I do think that at some point in there, the Lord did uh, release all these people from the um, from what's called the lower earth. Mm-hmm. There's this weird part yes. of the world of spirits that's... We did shows about it. Yeah, we did a yeah. couple of shows about it. I that's don't know right. what they're called. But Souls Under the Altar. Souls Under the Altar, yeah, that's Book right. of Revelation series. So check yeah, that out. Yeah, that's right. And so part of Jesus' whole mission was to set these people free who were good people, but they'd been kind of boxed in with, with their beliefs or in one way or another. They they weren't weren't very free. And so a big part of his mission was to set those people free. And you even see a little hint of this, and we touched on this in one show, I remember, uh, in Matthew, after the crucifixion, the the people are seen coming up out of their graves. Yeah. You know, that weird little scene, mm-hmm. and they're seen in the holy city, it says many of the saints yeah. or something. Well, I think that's actually about the Lord releasing these people from that lower earth. It was in the spiritual world, uh-huh. like Matthew or you know, had a spiritual experience or something and saw these people rising up. Um, 
so I definitely think there was some such liberation going on um, at that at that time. You know, I think I think various little things you put the pieces together. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I imagine he was doing was liberating people. I also wanted to add that um, really it says three days, yeah. but you do the math. It was about 34 hours or something, you know. Yeah. Like he couldn't stay away long. I, I just don't think huh. he could stay away long. Yeah. You know, it's like Friday On afternoon, Friday he's crucified, and then Sunday, Sunday morning, morning, like crack at dawn. You know, it's not like 72 <laughs> hours. It's right. It's about half that. Right. Like he's just like, okay, okay, that's enough time apart. You know, let's go. Let's go right. to the next phase. Fascinating. And, you know, it's interesting that um, Swedenborg's description of Jesus' mission is so... Um, complex and so full that that he wasn't just there to show the people who saw him do the miracles. He wasn't just there to establish uh, a set of teachings that he was actually sort of rewriting the way that heaven and the human race can even interact with the divine in the first place. And that the, the why, why come as a person and then get crucified and come back as a spirit sort of person, the glorification that, that was of great importance, the uniting of the, the divine and the human. So there's just all this emphasis placed on uh, the things he did around that, so it must be that the method is lending itself to these very complicated tasks that he's mm. doing. Mm. Um, mm. Okay, I'm, I'm just having a wild mm. thought. I don't know if it, if it fits, but but there's an interesting thing, like the idea that Jesus dealt with the worst spirits first, you know, when he was young, right. and kind of worked his way up. I also wonder whether in that transition, just after he left the flesh, I mean, he took the flesh with him, but you mm-hmm. know what I mean. He left this physical world. In, in that, you know, embodied way here or something, uh, was he able to access those regions better having just left the flesh, like part of his purification before yeah. he was fully ascended? He says, touch me not from not, you know, fully mm-hmm. ascended yet or something, uh, which it kind of baffles me. But uh, does he go, is he, does he have a connection to some area where he's able to set people free? Right. They can get there in that little time right after he's crucified because he still has some of the kind of fleshly mind or the worldliness or something Mm -hmm. around himself. And that very act of love that he does in releasing those captives further, you know, cranks up his ascension and, you know, even makes him even more divine or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Just making stuff up. No, but, hey, that's but, what, uh, what. How's that different than our mo? On yeah, we're just like <laughs> theorizing from Swedenborg, I guess, that's kind right. of. And I feel like that's the only thought that occurs to me with that is that the whole, like you were saying, the whole process of him coming into the world and living a life here was to follow the divine design. And so there's like, I don't, I'm not familiar with the divine design exactly after you die. <laughs> you know, like what's the divine design of that passage? Yeah. from earth to heaven even though obviously he was doing it in a more complete way than any human does yeah. so i don't know how that relates but right something yeah like yeah that that's right the order on. of it that's right but for yeah. a reason mm. like the yeah. same kind of reason where it's like why do you have a little pipe going up from your lungs to your mouth like there's mm-hmm. a very specific reason yeah. for it yeah there's got to be some right. very, i like that okay oh oh, oh i just <laughs> <laughs> i just want to say that what comes to mind for me is that swedenborg does talk about when humans die yeah. and they have this three-day break between death and waking up in the spiritual world. So, like, I don't I have anything in my mind about what he says about Jesus' experience of that, but he does talk about the human thing. Yeah. And um, we're created in the image and likeness of God, and I don't know what the answer is, and I don't even know what Swedenborg says about what, where we are floating around in some kind of peaceful state. Right. Is that when we're with the highest angels? I think so. Um, yeah. In that right. sort of three days before we come to consciousness in the next realm, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and a I parallel. think we actually—it's a parallel of some kind. Yeah, right. I think we actually come down to consciousness, like we're mm-hmm. in this elevated consciousness, the highest angels, and then we sort of go through the pinball machine and come back down to yeah. our own life after the three days kind of thing. I don't want to come back down from this cloud. It's taken me all this, this from Bush. You know, like, okay. um, <laughs> let's, that's a great question, Kendall. So you got us speculating can, and, mm-hmm. and having fun. So much appreciated. Let's take a look at the next one. <clears throat> Marilyn Hill asks, is there still going to be a rapture? I remember years ago, someone predicted when the rapture was going to take place and the date came and went and mm. it didn't happen. 
When was it? It was um, not too long. Twenty fifteen, May something. Is it? Was it that long ago? Twenty fifteen. I think yeah, it was. It's probably right. It seems like yesterday that I was. I think I mentioned this on a pre uh, a recent news right. from heaven. That I would drive up there. It's like I ninety five. You know here. Yeah. They had billboards that were very much the rapture. Here's the date and the time. And I even remember reading an article about the guy who predicted that. The guy yeah. on Family mm-hmm. Radio. And I felt sorry for him. I mean. Because all these people were around him to make fun of him when it didn't happen, so they mercilessly made fun of him. Yeah. Although it's his, uh, it could have been he was trying to make it in good faith. It definitely messed over a lot of people because so many people listening yeah. to that radio station sold all their stuff and were yeah. basically wrecked mm-hmm. the future of their life. And now they're I don't know where they are now. Mm-hmm. But right. I did feel a little sorry for that guy either mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But so um, obviously it, that wasn't quite right. I saw this chart around that time of. The rapture being predicted just about every year since the time right. of Christ. Like there have been huge predictions all the time. The year yeah. 2000, back, back, back. So, is there such a thing? And uh, and what what could be pushing people to continue to make these? Or what's the connection to that idea? You know. Mm. So, does anybody have? Has anyone been raptured? Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Does the does that word even occur in the Bible? Not per se. We mm-hmm. talk. I know in one of our Swedenborg in Life shows, um, and I can't remember which right now, one of the ones about Jesus is we talk about, we went through that process. Maybe it, yeah, blanking on the name, but we went through the like sort of one will be left and one will be, oh, right. and the clothes will be something. Oh, yeah. and the Right. Like, Don't what, go back to get your coat. Yeah. What yeah. Jesus says the rooftop, about that. Go yes, back to love. Right. Yeah, you could just make up a title. So, Who knows if they'll really Google <laughs> I know it says Jesus. I forget <laughs> what it is. End times. End times of Jesus Christ. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. (laughs) That's my contribution. (laughs) Yeah. There were really big predictions in, I think it was 1859, 1860, about the rapture. And there's a whole lot of people who sold their property and all. Mm -hmm. And they thought it would happen in 1859 or whenever it was. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't. And then he said, oh, no, I was wrong. I was off by a year. Was that that scary for you as as a kid? uh, (laughs) Yeah, that was. was, I was like pondering that joke. Is that appropriate or inappropriate? I remember my (laughs) grandparents being very upset. And um, (laughs) so... um, The rapture uh, is actually, in some ways, it's sort of gained in popularity in the 20th century. Like Mm -hmm. it really became a bigger idea than Mm -hmm. it than it used to be. Uh, And a lot of you know left behind series, you know, movies, book series uh, about the rapture and the the idea of the rapture, and a lot of preaching about that. Um, So uh, Swedenborg uh, wrote a book called The Last Judgment where he kind of addresses this without using the word rapture. Yeah. Right. But he says that the 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 physical universe is not going to stop. The world is not going to be destroyed. The human race is not going to come to an end. There's not going to be this massive destruction. Or, you know, that's not a correct understanding of what's in Scripture. Uh, it would be too much to try to do in, in a brief time for a show like this, but uh, that First Thessalonians 4.17, which is a key passage for the rapture about how we'll be caught up in the air right those who sleep you know will will go first and so on we'll meet with the lord in the air and then paul says so comfort one another with these words well people have terrified <laughs> each other with these words yeah. you know so they haven't really followed the letter of paul you know in, in the way that that's been handled what what would be comforting about that to be caught up in the clouds and be in the air mm. with jesus and to always be with him and I, I can't do justice to it quickly, but the uh, the idea there is the air is similar to the clouds in which Jesus is going to come. Uh, those are symbols, they're correspondences of actually, sounds very strange to say, you don't have to believe me, but of, of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. actually about how angels and people will be connected through the truth mm. and through scripture mm. that's how we will those who sleep are those who have already died they'll be together with us and we'll be with the lord who is the word through the medium of scripture that's actually what first thessalonians is talking about uh i believe and um and that's very different than a physical rapture it is a being caught up but it, it mm-hmm. you know it, it's having a new kind of connection with heaven which is really what these shows are all about yeah. um but it's not a, you know, I don't need to pay the mortgage because on such and such a date, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be hoovered out of my shoes on the yeah. highway or something like that. Would be nice. 
to not have to worry about the mortgage. <laughs> yeah. I just thought when you said that. I can see that it's a very attractive thought yeah. of just mm-hmm. like, oh, let's it. just wipe the slate clean and well, start again. You know? Somebody told me that there's a lot of um, businesses for like pet care post yeah. rapture. Post anyway. rapture. That's right. If your pet doesn't go with you? Yeah, like. Uh. The people who are left behind will take care Surely of Surely all the pets you. would go and the people would be left behind. <laughs> like, I know I'm not going to get taken. I at least want to set myself up financially by caring for your pets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, well, and it's, it's true that people use that idea because there's such an existential threat in it. People will use that to get people to behave in certain ways. Mm-hmm. They'll say, right. you know, like, don't worry about solving these problems particular problems the human race is facing because we'll all be out of here soon don't yeah. worry about saving your money mm. give it to us because we'll all be out of here soon it's uh. a very potent tool for manipulation mm-hmm. mm. and isn't i think it was maybe you maybe uh, jonathan or maybe some other swedenborg scholar saying swedenborg is actually unique in his interpretation of the last judgment which is mm. there's a lot of people who say all kinds of things people have predicted that the end times sure. revelation stuff is about events in this world, but nobody says it already happened and it happened in the spiritual world. Yeah. That's a, that's a Swedenborg. Mm, right. Only here can you get that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, that's right. And a lot of passages that have been interpreted to be about the rapture and the last judgment, if you look at them in the Bible, they talk about your behavior. You should behave well, mm. you know. And the idea that you should comfort one another with these words, you know, that there's a comfort to the idea that we'll be closer to heaven, and it matters how we live. So that's, an, mm. you know, it's interesting that people turn that around to say, it doesn't matter how mm-hmm. you live, because the rapture is going to happen. And yet <laughs> mm-hmm. the Bible's message is, it does matter how you live, because yeah. the Lord is coming, and you want to be on that bus, you know? Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Let's, uh, let's take a look at the next good one. This is from Candice Andrea. Mm. says, what about suicide? Mm. I've been told my mom is in hell, mm. but I believe in God's mercy, love, and understanding. Will I see my mom again? Mm. So assuming that means that, that your mother took her own life, we're so sorry to hear that. Mm. And what It's got to be rough. We've definitely made videos on this channel about suicide. Mm-hmm. So um, what, what's, what's all of your understanding about it? Because there is, I think the, the, the backdrop is, I, this I think is a, Catholic teaching, maybe there's a number of Christian denominations that teaches that suicide is an automatic ticket to hell. That if, if somebody has killed themselves, they've right. broken the commandments, and so they're going to hell. What do you see? Um, th- how do you see that in, in Swedenborg's worldview? Well, a first thing that comes to my mind is his discussion of the fact that um, when we are in a state of mental uh, incapacitation or even physical, some your physical states and impaired, irrationality. Right. Yeah, when rationality is impaired, then we um, are not held spiritually responsible for what goes on yeah. because we're not all there and we're not all present. And so to me, that's uh, God's mercy, love, and understanding. Um, and on the other side, your mom will you know get to know herself and get to really be clear about who she is and what her life choices are and and then she'll be in the right place for her um yeah and i i think also most most people are like one of the things swedenborg says is we're not actually uh you know if i'm say this right not condemned or saved by our actions you know like we're not the it's it's the whole arc of our intention and our lives, and that's something the Lord knows and is leading on leading us on continuously. So, if somebody, you know, if it's like, uh, it's so easy for somebody to say somebody's in hell based on this one specific mm-hmm. action. Yeah. You're missing ninety nine point nine percent of that person's life, and I would guess that Candace knows pretty well I don't know you know knows something maybe more about her mom's heart than than these other people do and could trust that gut of like that's who your mom really is yeah that's a great point that that you made there because there's no action that you can know somebody went to hell because of murder anything you know drop a bomb on people You, you can't know because again it's motivation and how much was you know Swedenborg talks about um evil spirits rushing in and trying to get people to do yeah. things just like that. So it's it's definitely, you, you can't pick apart any action and say, this means you go somewhere. Because as, as you said, 
where we go is a result of who we are based on what we love over the course of a long life of of choosing things. Um, and whenever you have, so I, I mean, uh, yeah, we get get back to the healthy state that you're talking about. Whenever we have this discussion about suicide, I'm always worried. Oh, are then people going to think, oh, suicide is a way out because there's no consequences mm. to it. Um, Swedenborg just has a couple of obscure references to it where somebody was, had committed suicide and was having trouble ridding themselves of the, the instrument for it. So there's definitely mm. like, it's not like you're going to just, oh, that was a great, now, I'm, now I've got these angels and now I've solved all my problems. But I don't get any sense that, that there's, that it's, it's a permanent effect. I think you continue to process. I don't, you know, um, it, that is, I guess what I want to say is like, if you're, if you're feeling despair, it's not like a way out. But if you love somebody who has done it, it doesn't mean there's they're, that they're, they're locked out, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea that, that Swedenborg says that everybody makes a choice about heaven and hell. You know, nobody's cast in against their will or something. It's just choices that, that people make, and they have to make them again and again in, in the other world you know, to sort of reinforce it or mm-hmm. say, oh, no, I want to change my mind. Because the whole thing is set up for us to change, you know, if we're yeah. on a bad path or we ended up in a difficult mental or emotional state or something like that. Hey, let's try to heal that. Let's get that better. Um, I do believe there's a lot about, you know, like pressure from evil spirits. Yeah. I think lots of people feel that of, mm-hmm. of you know, they, they want you to, to kill yourself and and sometimes that may be overwhelming or something uh uh, another teaching that comes to mind is that uh which is really astonishing i've been reflecting on this lately that everyone in the spiritual world is a welcome guest everyone everyone is greeted with love they're welcome yeah nobody comes and say wait you know it's not your time what are you doing here something you know at least that's what I read in Swedenborg. Yeah. Like everybody's greeted with this this beautiful kind of love of uh, people's deaths. Uh, like people in the other life, you see this in NDEs, don't you? That people on the other side seem to know when we're going to die or whether it's our time or not. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Like that information is, is known up there so they can get ready. And uh, this is a weird way to put it, but even if someone did go to hell, you would still see them again because... They come back out of that state, you know, like for you to be able to process the relationship and everything. Yes, you'll absolutely see your mom again. I, you know, right. uh, and I don't think she's in. in I, what do I know? But I don't think she's automatically in, in hell for that. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, like the, 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 when I, you know, it's hard because it's just text, so you don't know. But like what I see in this is like th- that wasn't who my mom was. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like I, w- I believe in God's mercy, love, and understanding that, that right. God would get that this, you know, this was this horrible totally. thing that took right. her over, but it's not who she is. Right. And if if that's your if that's what you're feeling, then yeah, your mom's not in hell. I think that this, this idea that's gotten in and poisoned is like even somebody who who was good, you know, and it, we all have our own flaws or whatever, but can get trapped and they make this big mistake and then they're locked out forever, which is this, this horrific idea that's not true. That's not at all consistent with the spiritual world that Swedenborg mm-hmm. describes. Right. You have to, to get to hell, and I'm sh- I think somebody said this on the show, you, you have to be very deliberate and try very hard to get to hell. You have to willfully embrace harming other people and do it habitually right. and reject. I mean, it's not you care about that above all else. You can't get into a dark place and do something that you, you might not have done if you were thinking straight. And then, and then you're, you're cut off for that. That's not mm-hmm. exactly. That's not what mercy, love and understanding are. I'm with you on the yeah. loving the mercy, love and understanding. I, I really, I think keeping your eye on that. Yeah. Like that will help you figure out, you know, I think that's at the core of everything. So that'll, that helps you figure out is would it be the case that you'd automatically be condemned mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for one act yeah. that mm-hmm. can take a split second and, God, yeah. and we're, we're not gonna if, if we as people can see like there's something wrong with this situation logically like yeah. it's not fair that this happened because God is gonna be like that there's tons of people <laughs> right. who seem to describe God as just like really out of touch arbitrary by the book even though the laws were made in the <laughs> 1830s when there were horses and carriages and that's why you can't God is gonna be so, cares so much more about everybody being happy than we do mm-hmm. even even people we think we love you know god more cares about their happiness so yeah. it's not like oh this person's going to slip through the cracks yeah. of a system yeah. and so it does it does upset me when 
religious stuff will paint God as like, you know, and even like people, people with this telling people that the people they love are in hell. We, we, yeah. we had this video that just was really popular over the weekend. How does that and just like some stupid people were on there. Like somebody had shared something about suicide and these people were like, your mom's burning or not. I don't even think it was mom. It was somebody like, so they're burning right now. You should kill yourself. This is really, really yeah. we don't know if they're like 12 year old idiots at their computer or what, but um, this is the kind of thing that religious people will sometimes do. It's just that yeah. they're in hell because th those people aren't thinking at all about the person or the person they're harming. It's just like, here's my little system of how I know the world works or fear or whatever it is. But that's not what God is. It's not what love is. It's yeah. not what wisdom is. And God is not going to be, we're not going to get to sit here and look at God and be like, ah, God's got some real blind spots here. There's no way. Like, yeah. There's no way. Okay. So thanks, Candice, for being willing to to share that and uh, again we're, we're mm -hmm. all here here for you just mm -hmm. let us know uh, and that brings us right to our our halfway through so i thought mm -hmm. we, you know the, the fun of this show is we get to you know see into what, what people are feeling and, and thinking and we take it one step further here we like to play a little clip from uh one of you from somebody who's been watching the show this is again from our, our event event we had in manhattan a little while ago we filmed a few people we're hoping to do that in la too if you want to come to la do that but this was uh stephanie mo davis and she talked a little bit about uh what finding Swedenborg's ideas have meant to her and it was loud in that room I said let's just film in this loud room and so we have to put subtitles on it so you hear a bit of chatter but you can hear her as well so let's, let's take a look at that then I'd love to hear your thoughts on it great so I found off the left eye about six months ago and it was exceptionally valuable to me because I had gone through a really massive spiritual awakening and I felt very isolated and very lonely with sharing my experience. There was a lot of people who didn't have um, the experience themselves and when people can't relate, it's hard for them to relate to something that's very out of the box and unusual. And I stumbled across your channel and it made me feel like I wasn't alone. And at a time where I was very isolated, trying to find if anyone else out there had my experiences, hearing you explain Swedenborgian's experience and some of the books that I was drawn to just made me feel like I wasn't alone, honestly. And it really gave me hope that I could find a community that would I, I'd be able to grow with and I wouldn't be judged, I wouldn't be mislabeled as being crazy or confused, and I could find a way to express my spiritual and my mystical side along with the workings of the Bible and Swedenborg's materials. So I have a long history in what's called the New Age community. It started when I was 19 when I took my first yoga class and I became pretty much obsessed with the practice of yoga to the extent that I wanted my whole life to be revolved around yoga. And um, not only did I develop a strong community and, and open several yoga studios, I just found that everything about my life was about self-improvement and, and so much self-awareness to the extent that I was leaving God out of the picture. And this was starting to be a concern for me. And actually, when I did have that profound spiritual awakening, I realized that God comes first, but my spiritual experience needed to be valued as well, but it didn't need to be the other way around. So I'm trying to bridge that gap between honoring my spiritual nature um, and my, the aspects of the mystical realm and the spiritual realm, which I have, have the pleasure to be involved with quite a bit. Uh, for me, it, it, it's difficult to stay very grounded because I am a very spiritual person. So to find this this merger, this, this uh, the coalesced environment of the spiritual with the biblical is just to me it feels like a dream come true because I felt before that it was one or the other and that's a very hard place to be there's a lot of cognitive dissonance when you feel like it has to be one or the other so for me to have these two worlds merge is is where it just has made such a profound difference to me so thank you so much so doing this YouTube channel at times you know trying to get Swedenborg out onto the internet it could be like Oh, who's ever going to want a, something that's like Christian and spiritual and this other thing at the same time? But I like I love what she's saying there about this was this was um, something that could honor both sides of it and give them a space to live together, mm -hmm. which I think Swedenborg does give spaces where things you think could never live together live together and not in a way that's just sort of ignoring parts of both, but really like celebrating. And here's how they they fit legitimately together. So to me, that was cool. Do you guys have any? Uh, mm. Reactions to that? Um, yeah, I do. I um, I feel like, yeah, Swedenborg has definitely been that bridge, and particularly for me with yoga as well. And like, uh, I love um, just just the other day I was reading Swedenborg, and um, and then also reading a book about uh, meditation from a yoga. 
perspective and it was talking about kundalini shakti and this whole process and it's like you know it all makes sense in my mind from a Swedenborgian basis, you yeah. know, or something, which right. is just like, what else would? Like, who else would put this book about Kundalini Shakti and the Bible next to each other and be like, they're going to get along well, you know? <laughs> but like, Swedenborg just kind of makes them all make sense in a way that adds so much more depth and, I don't know, life and interest and cool stuff. Um, yeah. It was, it's in an upcoming News from Heaven show that you that you did that I got to see that talks about light um, and, and, Understanding light, I mean, truth as light, but also how it's sort of like it reflects our body, like our nervous system and, you know, like the fibers in us. And yes. so like um, that also just is very cool to think about that and yoga. So like there's the whole body angle of that analogy that Swedenborg emphasizes is also part of what bridges that in a really cool way for me. Anyway. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. I, I'd like to point about... Um, self-improvement and just very interesting the way she said it because like the idea is great and the idea of working on her you know we have to work on ourselves and stuff like that but it felt like she was saying there was a piece missing if it's just really self you know aware and self uh, improvement and i feel like i've spent time there and i feel like i know a lot of people who've been stuck you know you read all the self-help books or something like that and yet you're still kind of miserable and yeah. not a great person to be around or, or whatever <laughs> and and um and uh, like you curtis i just love that idea of the the spiritual and the biblical is something we care very much about on this channel is uh just bre- like reconcile we were talking about reconciliation yeah. before reconciling things that have been kind of estranged in in the world culture in a, in a lot of different areas it seems like and and so it was very um heartwarming to hear that that had solved the kind of cognitive dissonance yeah. for her yeah right, right. <clears throat> yeah and that that was very moving to me because gr- having grown up Swedenborgian all along uh I didn't realize till late in life that this would could be a problem yeah, the, right. the, the whole mysticism did not play well with the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, that was just the <laughs> air that I breathed growing up. Yeah. And so to to have people finding it as like this wonderful solution to a dilemma they've been having is right. just so cool to hear about. Well, that, and there's proof that, oh, sorry, microphone, that you mm-hmm. guys help us do this. Mm. You know, but you give us more insight into what is valuable about the content. I feel like since going online with Swedenborg, my appreciation for the value of it has gone up so much because I yeah. see the way it can be applied. Like you're saying, recognize things that I didn't realize about it before. So together, we are making good conversations. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's get rolling with another question. Let's mm. see what we had. Uh, none of your beeswax asks. Serious question. Is there soul sex? My son in heaven and well. I'm is wondering about new dates and a wife over there sweet. since he meets so many new friends. <laughs> Very sweet. Yes. Um, yes. Right, right. So uh, are we, is it just angels and, and you, you don't have sex? and Or is there like the analog to that or the next step? Or what, what's going on with this? And Swedenborg says yes. Right. The short answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There is soul sex. And isn't this, doesn't this represent a sort of joining of things in this way we were just talking about? Because it's like, oh yeah, there's heaven and, and religiousness, but sex is, is evil and you've yeah. got to get it and you don't talk about it, but there's a thing you leave behind. But yet to Swedenborg, uh, it, you know, it's within certain uh, situations. He talks about it specifically in the context of married partners and a committed relationship. But to him, that relationship and sex itself it's like this part of the most important thing that can happen and the greatest happiness even within heaven where there's bible and god and angels and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah for sure right it's really it really kind of opened my eyes to the idea because it there's there's some there's a weird sort of um i don't know that that somehow that idea is you know the way that when you when you breathe, the, part of the problem of breathing carbon monoxide is that your body would actually rather take in comp- carbon monoxide than, than you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's the problem is that there's plenty of carbon dioxide in the air, but yeah. your body would actually rather take in the carbon monoxide and you'll poison yourself or something. Uh, okay. So there's certain ideas, like the idea that 
that sex and the body are filthy and wrong or something like that that are just very attractive for some bizarre yeah. you know reason or something I separates think things out our right. ancestors sort of say yes there's god and all this lofty and then there's this terrible stuff yeah mm. you know and and uh i love what swedenborg does with this where it makes the the body and sexuality a very holy thing a very important thing deliberately joyful um and then all the mayhem is just the dark side of that absolutely there's a dark side to the, to the huge dark side to the whole so thing the abuses of all that the abuse yeah. of all that right really bad but that doesn't mean the thing is bad right that's just the bad version you know and there is a good version yeah. and he talks about people just he he he's quite eloquent he got he drew some fire from people for saying that there's this wonderful you know love making in heaven and all yeah. this where everybody had thought oh well, angels are sexless beings and they yeah. don't you know they don't do that yeah that kind of thing and and uh so but the way he describes it is a really wonderful thing and a wonderful way for an angelic couple to grow closer and closer you know it's a really delightful thing yeah and and the reason it's holy is because it's a correspondence of the union of love and wisdom and god right i mean that's right. that's how yeah. swedenborg describes it that's the beauty and the power of it that's why it's so powerful, says mm -hmm. Swedenborg. And yeah. so having something that comes kind of all the way down, whatever you'd say, yeah. you know, yeah. have that sort of coming together on the outermost layer is like feels great. You know, yeah. that's. Uh, and Swedenborg says that um, because of that, like that the Lord's providence takes special care in leading people towards each other for for having um, for being united, you know, for. Um, yeah, I guess they call it union. There, there's a funny, there's a one number where he doesn't talk about it being marriage oh, like necessarily. Yeah. Or I forget what it is. Anyway, um, but for getting married, I forget. Anyway, um, but I wonder about, uh, it makes me think of one story of that we covered in Five Reunions in the Afterlife about in terms of like dates and stuff is like people will spend time with different people to to because it's even, even if the Lord is the one leading them, everybody is feeling like they're leading themselves. And that's, yeah. Um, and so there's definitely going to be, uh, you know, getting to know different people or whatever on that path to finding to finding a wife. We did an episode about this huge account Swedenborg gives of this um, Russian um, oh my empress yes, or, or, right. or duchess yeah, or something right. like that, where she has this whole, he follows her whole train after, and it's basically like she's doing almost speed dating, where she, <laughs> yeah. she's going and like... <laughs> Interacting with, and we did a whole like puppet show, shadow puppet show. Go check it out in some episode. But five reunions in the afterlife. Was it five reunions in the after? There you go. And but in there, it's like people who had had a crush on her when she was alive, or the date had some kind of thing. She went and saw them and was like, no, that there's this is the problem with them. There was somebody, yeah. And and then right when it showed her going all over the place and is that an internet thing? Um, and and then um, and in the end she bumped into this other guy who they hadn't really known each other that much it seems like and it they they kind of went off and then they bumped into each other again and then they're like okay we're, we fell in love yeah so there, there's definitely this whole this whole circuit yeah, that, that, yeah there's, there's right. There's, there, right it's the, everything that we have here there's more of there yeah it's, it's, a, big, it's a big deal and i feel right. like the the last thing i want to say about it is why would we have a question like this in the first place is it it's like the the christian idea of chastity right mm -hmm. and that, that and yes. isn't swedenborg sort of uncommon and he talks about chastity a ton but to him having like a, a loving relationship uh, for him monogamy was the big thing um that is that, that is chaste that, that is yeah. chastity, that's right. more chaste right. than being celibate that he says yeah. celibacy can actually be a hindrance to your enjoyment of of uh the life of heaven if if you get in a certain mindset about it. so anyway there you go um, and our, you know, thank you for being willing to share that, that your son has, has moved mm -hmm. on. Um, hope he's meeting some really nice people there. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's do the next question. Dora Eaton asks, why does the weather or natural disasters kill people? Mm. Which is a really great question. I, I know this show is called Good Question, but that, that <laughs> really gets good. at a very particular, um, you know, sort of human 
resistance to the idea of divine providence. Because yeah. and I, in 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 me, this is really tough. Because I can get okay. People can be evil. People can abuse their free will. But when like physical accidents happen, and that can do something like kill people, it's just like, what, how is there God in this? What purpose is that serving? So I don't know. This is gonna be a tough one for us to to untangle. But it's a great question. Mm-hmm. We're, we're one step of the way there. We've got a good question <laughs> to start it with. Uh, we so might leave it there. Yeah, right. So that's all the time we have. For <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so does anybody want to lead off? I'll, yeah. I'll take a crack at it. But the um, uh, I'm thinking of that biblical phrase, and I don't have it memorized exactly, but it's something like um, all the days were known. You know, when we were in the womb, yeah. mm-hmm. already our days were known when, when, when there were none of them yet. Uh, and I think that has a spiritual meaning, but I also think it, it's literally true that the Lord knows the length of our day. You know, he, he knows when we're born he knows when we're going to going to pass away and everything so that he can manage that whole thing and he shares that information with angels and so on um so a friend of mine is fond of saying nothing takes the lord by surprise Mm -hmm. and i really like that idea so i was like (laughs) whoa i didn't see that you know flooding coming or something you know uh he, he he knows all about it and and um in this world, with this cause and effect on the physical level, you know, there's a whole order to it. And so, yeah, if there's an earthquake or there's a flood or a hurricane or something like that, and people in this position or that position, one thing Swedenborg emphasizes is that God's providence is over every detail. You know, yeah. every there's no sort of little, it's not like he just wound up the clock and then lets it run and whoops, there was a little bit of fallout or yeah. something. Right. Um, yeah. uh, it, it's so precise to me. I I don't think I'm ever able to convey this thought, but it, it just it amazes me how, you know, a storm will come in and one person is okay because they were exactly here and another person got hurt and another person got killed because they were exactly there. You know, all those details, but there's so many details to all of that, and I think that's all known, and it's all uh, taken into account somehow. And the Bible says to us uh, not to fear the first death. The first death is your physical death. There's a second death you need to worry about, you know, uh, which is um, uh, in the old-fashioned language, damnation or something like that. You know, uh, you know that that's the one to worry about. Because what gets unfinished here, we can keep going on the other side. So when a storm rolls through and and people die, the, the Lord sort of got that figured out somehow. You know, it's way beyond my pay grade to understand it. Um, but I think that stuff is known. And I know from some people I've been close to in situations somewhat like that, that in retrospect, they realize that person, you know, like it looked like totally random tornado hit, bang, they were dead. And yet, it wasn't it interesting that two weeks before that, they had such a deep conversation with you yeah. about this, where they were talking about the nature of their life. And, yeah, right. You know, mm-hmm. like they're being mm-hmm. prepared. Something's, somebody knows. They don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's, th- that knowledge is somewhere. And they're mm-hmm. being prepared. And mm-hmm. it was the right length of time. It was the, r- the right time and all mm-hmm. that. Even though on a purely earthly level, it looks ins- just insane. You know, the ground opens up and people yeah. get swallowed, swallowed up or something. just looks insane and out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love that idea that it's all, it, it, it's known um, so that the Lord can preserve that order. Right. When you think about um, death, you know, we talk about what, what is actually death. You know, if it if it's like Swedenborg is saying, you know, you have to have afterlife to balance this kind of stuff out. But if it really is this immediate transition into, you know, you're still there, you're still alive. So really, we're looking at w- people on Earth are the ones who are really suffering mm-hmm. in the situations ones left like behind. that, right? Yep. Yes, like yes. this. And so, no question. Uh, I mm-hmm. know in one of our shows we talked about 
Swedenborg just in the back of his journal of spiritual experiences drops this little number that says, here are the four reasons why our lives last as long as they do. <laughs> right. One of them is the use uh, we have to people on earth, what we can do for people on earth. The other is the use to ourselves and our spiritual development. The third is the use to spirits and angels. And the fourth is something, I forget what it is. It's something yeah, along those lines. Um, I think your use in the spiritual world. Your use in the, okay, yeah, right, right. right. Like, people will say, right. like, God needed us something to balance it out. So if you look down that list, like, those kind of factors are actually what facilitate our moving here and there. It's not whether you were somewhere at some time. Right. But on or what the, the air pressure was doing. Yeah. The, 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 even though it seems like, oh, you were killed by this, this is, there's really like, it's about what's best for everyone, which is really hard, but, but you can only really think of that when you step back. The other hand, though, which is actually really comforting to me, is like, all accidents are from hell. Swedenborg... Yes talks right. about little accidents, evil spirits being around that causes those to happen. Right. He talks about diseases. I don't know if he addresses natural disasters, but my understanding is every time there's a flaw in the system, he does talk about people you know, living in an idyllic state where they know when they're going to die. Everybody mm -hmm. dies in old age. You basically lucid the whole time. You can come back and talk to people. That's how it's supposed to be. So stuff mm -hmm. like lives being cut short, people being ripped out, that's hell. Even though it's coming from tectonic plates, where people are, when those shift, whatever it is, that if there wasn't evil, not of those people, not but in the people. entire system, right. the entire spiritual world, all the the way that hell's gravity is messing things up, that would if, if everything if everyone was choosing love all the time for all of history, it wasn't wouldn't just be like God was just like, Well, oh yeah, my my the hurricane killed people, it's just part of how the world is. There's some hell in that, which to me is comforting because it shows it's not random and it's not mm. God's, mm. it's not God's first choice. Yeah. Mm. There's that wonderful mm. passage, I think it's in New Jerusalem, that talks about, you know, some things the Lord wills to have happen and some things he allows uh, because of the rules of his order and some things he cannot prevent. Yeah. Uh, Tolerates. Because mm -hmm. of, you know, yeah. right, exactly where... And so I think any kind of premature death or violent circumstance, whatever, is not the first category. It's not God's will that you yeah. die in a hurricane or something. But uh, but it, with the laws of physics and everything else going on, it's just there's going to be some loss of life, and the Lord can work with that. He can carry that soul gently home and all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Should we try to? We, we could have time for another one if yeah. we want to move I, I on to the next one. Okay, thanks, Dora. For discipline. Thanks, Dora. For Appreciate it. And and hopefully this like we, we love that you're going to ask the really tough questions and and just be forgiving to us as we try to <laughs> engage with them. So let's uh, let's look at the next one. Very merciful. Audience. Sarah Fu. I am Sarah from Malaysia. I truly enjoyed your sharing, Curtis. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you for the Swedenborg Foundation. My question: How do I find my mom in the afterlife? Mm. Will she be waiting at the gate? Mm. Okay. Yeah, Swedenborg says that our um, loved ones, nearest and dearest, are often the ones that are right there to welcome us when we wake up in the spiritual world. So chances are it will be your mom right away <laughs> <laughs> um, and and other family members and who knows. Yeah. So I just had a great aunt pass away and she's the last of her family of six. So it was interesting to think of her, her all of her siblings already on the other side had been waiting oh, you know man. waiting for her to come over and now she's over there and it's, so mm. it's like that's got to be a great a great reunion mm. Mm. Isn't, the, isn't the best thing that can possibly happen like a reunion like that we're just now talking mm. about you know that how it, it could be okay and there's like a they are going to have a, a deeper joy than mm. if there was never death in the first place and if, mm. if they've never been mm. a part of them that that thought right. oh, am i really ever going to see them again like i'm right. this is one passage in swedenborg where because i've seen people overjoyed to find find that they were still alive yeah but then also overjoyed to see their friends again like that oh my gosh you're, you're really still here mm. i don't know it's getting me yeah. a little bit yeah. mm -hmm. it's it's first of all i just want to say it's very cool to have a question from Malaysia. I don't know what time it is in Malaysia. It's really hip. Thank you. Second thing, as we've mentioned before, maybe um, that uh, Swedenborg says this principle that thought brings presence and love brings conjunction, like connection Union, or partnership or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so love is how to do it. You know, how will you find her lo loving her, thinking of her? Mm -hmm. That'll do it. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. It's, yeah. a, it's miraculous. Yeah. A lot of people, but that does it. Boom. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. so she'll be right there. Swedenborg, um, that reminded me of Swedenborg uh, in a recent episode of something. We do so many episodes <laughs> where he said, uh, I think it was News from Heaven, he said, I have talked to everybody I knew yes. during their life who had died. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. If, if that's true, there's got to be a pretty good mechanism for finding even people he knew just a little bit, in but he passing. could find them and talk to them. Right. So you're oh. going to find your mom, you know? Yeah, oh, it's it's yeah. the, the, like like the guy who sells the eels at the grocery store, you know? Yeah. It's like everybody, you know? But just he so said, you guys know, it's Swedenborg, I, I think there's an account of him eating eel yeah. pie. Yeah. I think maybe yes. yeah. Yeah. That was right, a thing. It's an inside yeah. eel joke, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he and he says so many other people that I don't think it'd be an exaggeration to say a hundred thousand. I know. And so every, I've thought about that a lot because you sort of sometimes feel like, well, they're sort of the main <laughs> other actors in your little play. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? The people you see all the time. And then there's these little bit characters that just come through in an airport mm-hmm. or you know somebody who helps you out when you have a flat tire or something. The idea of seeing them all, yeah, pretty astonishing, I think. Um, yeah, and so just even the thought of someone, like you'll just think of, and doesn't it happen to us now, where suddenly you think of just somebody pops into your mind, you know, yeah. like they weren't there a second before, and then you yeah. think, oh, I'm thinking all about that person. Yeah. Interesting. And that's going to facilitate that connection in the spiritual world. The guy at the fish store. Did yeah. I think I mentioned on this show before that one time I was at the fish store, and there was a guy at the checkout who was just really friendly to me, and just like really great and really nice, and I remember thinking to myself, like, you never remember little things like that, but try to remember yeah. the guy at the fish store was nice to you, because you yes. think back on life and all the bad things and stuff, so right. I've tried to keep, I don't remember what he looks like or anything, but I just have this memory of like, oh yeah, the Petco and like Roosevelt Boulevard or something, he <laughs> was a nice guy there. Oh, <laughs> Maybe nice. I'll see what that's Maybe he'll be, he'll be the only way I was thinking like, the eel thing and it, that you were yeah. making a connection no. there but you're actually <laughs> this fish is true. for pets this was a real life no, 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 no. this is like fish for pets i had yeah. an aquarium fish for pets. that i was Not trying fish for dinner. that i was trying to yeah but fi- i was going to all these different fish stores because i was studying on compatibility and which fish can live happily with which fish so i was going all around and i don't even remember if i bought anything that day but but anyway, that, it'll probably yep. be the situation we came across in the beginning where it's like, what if someone doesn't want to see you? Because the guy at the fish <laughs> store is going to be like, who are you? Wait, what? <laughs> but you made a real difference to you. Yeah. But yeah. It can make a difference to be friendly. Uh, That's a great story. Okay. Well, I think uh, that's a good spot for us to, to stop here. And I want to say to all of you, like and subscribe. Please, if you're enjoying this show, uh, that helps our channel you know, in a million myriad ways. Click the bell if you are subscribed, then you'll get updates when we put up new content. And we are about to put up a bunch of great new Ooh, content. We're, we're going to tell you what's coming up this week, a very special uh, stable of stuff right after we send you to a quick donation video. Take this seriously because mm-hmm. we're a nonprofit and without you guys supporting us financially, we can't just do stuff like this and everything else we do on our channel. So here's an easy way for you to support what we do. Please consider joining our community of sustaining supporters by going to otle.causebox.com and setting up a recurring monthly donation at a value of your choice. Any amount helps. Our sustaining supporters are the backbone of what we do at Off the Left Eye and allow us to continue to create high-quality programming that nourishes thousands every week around the globe. Your help makes a difference. Okay. So I told you, I told you we're going to talk about what's coming up, and here it is. First, we have this. This is this is just the stuff coming up this week. This is news from heaven. We're going to do Thursday mm. episode, Saturday episode. Thursday is going to be the Lord and the Devil battle inside us. Mm. What that means, and then on Saturday, your infinite potential. We'll talk about. Isn't that kind of like the biblical stuff and the self improvement stuff mm-hmm. back to back? Mm-hmm. Short clips. You. you guys uh, voted. You said you wanted to see something about a spiritual crisis and something about like attracting like. Again, these two different sides of it. Kenneth, so we're going to do a short clip called Can a Spiritual Crisis Be Helpful? And one called Evil Spirits Makes Things Worse, Make Things Worse for Themselves. That's coming up this week. And next Monday, the next episode in our series, What, mm. what It's Like After You Die. What is hell really like? Mm. And how does that fit into a picture of a loving God? And, and how does that all make sense in the way we were talking about before? Mm-hmm. It's got to make sense. So that's mm-hmm. going to be an awesome episode the following monday 
continuing sort of the, the hell theme, was Lucifer really an angel who fell from heaven? We're going to explore that. And I think that's that's cool and worth doing because um, we've seen how many questions just in this episode are about people like, wait a second, what's going on with the Bible stuff? So we'll be digging yeah, that's into that right. there. And I think that is an audience question, isn't it? Like, did oh, we yeah. get that question we, from an audience? Those, those Sweet Morgan Life Live shows are always based on your questions. So we do this show. We uh, get take time to respond to all your comments, even though you guys left a ton of comments mm-hmm. this weekend. We really do try to talk to you because without you being here and watching, we wouldn't have anything. So yeah. thanks, and thanks to all of you. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Good fun, fun to Curtis. be here. Super fun, and we'll uh, we'll see you very soon in all those programs that I just mentioned. <laughs>